Hey guys, welcome to my next episode. Uh, this episode is called The Brutal Truth of Bodybuilding and I have uh, one of my close bodybuilding friends uh, with me today. Um, so basically between the two of us, uh, we can tell you just exactly how brutal some of the parts of bodybuilding can be. So um, who I've got with me is uh, my good friend Karina, who is also an IFBB pro and she's also um, hung up her bikini for a while like myself. But we have been on some similar journeys. So what I'll do to start off with is I'll uh, let Karina uh, speak to you guys just a little bit about what she's done um, and then we can go from there. So off you go, Karina. Hi, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I really do appreciate it. And let's just straight dive into it. Uh, my name is Karina Skoronska. I won't hold you back for not actually even trying pronouncing my surname. <laughs> that's fine. That's yeah, fine. I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> I would never pronounce it right. So <laughs> that's absolutely fine. And I be pro. Um, I've been born in Poland, but I've always been competing in bodybuilding for United Kingdom. And my career in bodybuilding took off quite quickly, you can say. Um, becoming most successful athlete, um, amateur athlete in bikini, then going on to probably becoming most, success most successful athlete in IVB Pro Bikini in the UK as well to date. Um, I am an Olympian, which was an amazing experience. I also have been invited as the only uh, UK uh, IVB Pro for Arnold's International. And I won, I think, two pro shows. I was going to say she's a she's a fellow Olympian and a fellow like in, in like Arnold International. Um, so um, yeah, I think well, you definitely had to win a few shows to get there. <laughs> <laughs> I had to think about it, but yeah, I think it was two. And obviously, um, yeah, I, yeah, that that's me. From the achievement point of view, absolutely brilliant. So let's go with that. Yeah. So I mean, actually, me and Karina had we've had a very similar timelines um in our journeys um and uh, Karina being a bikini athlete, she actually used to do fitness a long time ago, <laughs> and that was when you were back in in Poland. But she, when she's since be being in bikini uh we first stepped on international stages together back in what 2013 14 maybe 14 yeah. yeah um and you know we we both of us had a real um successful time as an amateur and then Karina went on to be pro I think a year or so before me um, I think so taking and, a break as well that was yes I think I, I turned pro and because of the IBB and NPC hasn't that, that this is kind of what that was before the breakdown of the two federations mm. and as we know getting a pro card back then was just a little bit different procedure <laughs> so even though I was crowned an IBB pro in Nottingham in front of I don't know hundreds of people it still took about nine months before my actual program came through my door wow yeah i mean yeah i think things have changed now but back when we did it like we're kind of some of the the bodybuilders who have been around for like a, a long time and it just the both of us we did multiple shows for about three or four years on on the trot um and as like i said as as even before our pro career as amateurs we both did um 
we both did really well, but we, by the point we'd even turned pro, we'd put our bodies through a hell of a lot before then even taking it even further. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it was, I mean, I, I appreciate what's happening right now and that's to, the, the road to actually getting a pro card um, is just simpler. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's easier. I would say it's simpler yeah. to do it. Um, and you've got a clearer guidances of how to do it, especially in UK, I feel. Um, I do know a few examples that probably, like even by the point I in 2015, which is almost only my second year competing, I have achieved more than some girls that have been awarded their pro cards. Mm. So it, it was always a very um, kind of difficult journey in a way because it wasn't very clear what do you actually have to do to win a pro card, that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, like you said, you know, you, you went to various, you won multiple uh, British titles um, and then multiple international titles on the European League. Yeah. And just, it's almost like put three or four years worth of work, let alone all the work leading up to it, in before then suddenly becoming pro and then suddenly thinking, oh, God, like, I need to take this even more seriously than I was taking it before. Um, I th- well, I, I was always taking it really seriously. I just think it, it was, um, instead of thinking I need to take it more seriously, I think for you, you have to possibly just grow more and bring more muscles and just really polish the routine, but also the same, like to the American standards, so to entertain standards more than anything else. I think in a bikini, it was just completely like at this point, I think Courtney was an IABB, uh, she was the Olympia winner, and Courtney has absolutely beautiful proportions, but very small. Mm. And then European girls in bikini start getting bigger and bigger. Yeah. So the contrast between what was happening in the US and Olympia, where you really wanted to be at, and what was happening in Europe, was at this point, was really, really big. And then we didn't really have shows in Europe. I think we only had Nordic Pro and mm. maybe Prague Pro, so two shows in Europe, and the rest of it, it was a very, I would say, you know, that girls turning pro probably in 2018 had a much easier life. <laughs> yeah, I mean, um, like, and, and that's a good point to, to point out, is that um, the girls in bikini, I mean, to be fair, everyone, you see, all females you see as a bodybuilder, by the time they get on stage, you look at them in person and you're like, oh my God, you're actually tiny. Um, and like you're saying, with then from being European and the girls, the bikini girls are having a bit more muscle, they're able to train a bit more and eat a bit more. And then all of a sudden, going to the, the American League and having to almost downsize even further. Yeah, I mean, I had to, I had to downsize quite significantly because the way that my proportion works, and I think genuinely my look always works best if I carry a little bit more muscle. So mm. on top of Europeanly being more muscle already, my look in particular is to actually bring more muscle on top of that. So as always the end of the bikini of how much muscle you are allowed to have in, on that front anyway. Yeah. So it was definitely... A big, big mission and a little bit of like waking up call uh, from thinking, 
a little bit naive, I guess, that you can definitely smash it and do it. So yeah. Just really rethinking, like, A, how badly do you want to do it? B, what does it take on your body to do it? And three, is it, like, possible? Because luckily for me, from 2016, I think this is when Courtney was Miss Olympia, then Angelica turned up, and in the bikini terms, guys, it's way rounder and way more muscles in the bikini division. Even going, like, now, I think the bikini... It's grown so much in a way of in terms of size and allowing you to carry more muscles. It's obviously everything still in like a little frames, and I'm not saying that bikini is now suddenly super muscly, but in comparison to how the vision definitely evolved, it's definitely more muscles allowed than ever before. So for me, that that progression was definitely in my favor. Mm. And frankly, if Courtney would kind of keep going competing and you know being a top um one in our world which means everything else uh compared to her i'm not sure if i would have made it to olympia to be fair yeah but i mean you well you did so obviously that was an absolutely huge well it's the best of the best like it's the pinnacle event for for us bodybuilders to get to um and like you say at the end of the day whoever's that Miss Bikini Olympia, Miss um, Fitness Olympia, whoever is at the top, then every single person is going to directly get compared to them just from yeah. a from an aesthetics point of view. Hundred percent. That's 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 how it works. And um, I mean, also, I feel that the qualifying system for bikini in men's physique in the year that I have qualified definitely has taken away a joy from actually qualifying to Olympia. Mm. Um, for you guys to don't know, we had the point system running from August to August. Bear in mind, Olympia is second week of September um, and top 20 uh, point, like standing uh, point, like point holders qualified for Olympia. And it was an incredibly close Mm. chase um so i actually wasn't sure if i'm i I think i had a really good um kind of good understanding what's going to happen about eight weeks out of the olympia because i i think i had like 27 points and the last uh i think the last person so 20th position was actually 25 points so it wasn't like a massive gap mm. and a lot of could have possibly changed with a different points going to the different people um and like for me not even really, like obviously starting prep 14 weeks out like i usually do not knowing really and not getting invitation until six weeks out and then allowing my friends to book their flights to vegas to come with me yeah was definitely a little bit a thief you know of the joy of qualifying for the biggest show in my sport and everything else and like mentally it was a little bit of a trap as well of not actually knowing if i definitely qualified for all the months you know only to find out six six out i feel like they could have done that a little bit better yeah and I guess like like you mentioned we we prepare uh, for a bodybuilding show you're putting in 14 16 sometimes even longer grafts of a serious cut phase um and that's before 
uh, like you say, before we then get to the show. So you almost had to mentally prepare yourself to do it, even though there was always that part that could have been taken away, but you didn't have an option. You, You almost, you had to get in that mindset of, I need to get my head straight and push through this, this prep. 100%. Although I do feel that um, I only really kind of went for it six weeks out when I knew I'm definitely going. Well, but I I mean... Yeah, I was probably on like 80% prepping for it, yeah, um, diet-wise and stuff, because it it takes a lot on your... Obviously, it takes a lot on your body to get ready for the show. And I'm not... Like, even in off-season, I'm not really getting like massively off my weight anyway uh once that fight came through and i knew 100 percent i'm going then i was like right head on let's go and do it but i think right up to that point when it was like a massive um unknown whether i'm definitely going i feel like looking back i think i was on 80 percent what i whether i liked it or not mm. i think it wasn't much i could do about it i think that's how it was yeah and I mean and that's something definitely something that I want to touch on is kind of what we um what we have to go through um you know in terms of the effect it takes on your physical and mental health um of preparing for a show now I'm I'm not talking about just you know people you know you doing one show you know people want to get on stage um for like they have a goal to get on stage and they'll do a diet and they'll get on stage and um feel good but the problem is is with when you become a little bit more into it you become a seasoned athlete you do this on and off for for years um and like you said you're we're very similar like we neither of us necessarily gain loads of pounds and look you know too what you'd call out of shape in your off season um but you know, from, I know, for example, for myself, when I did, the years I went to the Olympia, I did like 16 week prep or 15 week prep um, for my show. I then, so how many months is that? Like just shy of four months. I then did the show. I then had five weeks between, I did another show. And then after that, I had 10 weeks to the Olympia and I ended up, um, you know, it was a dream of mine and it was incredible and I'll never never take it back but I ended up literally just this was the be all and end all of my life for like nine solid months and it kind of come to a point where both my physical and mental health were just completely drained 100% and I think the longest run I did was to qualify for Olympia 2019 so I started competing for Prague which is September 18. And I also did like four months prep because by this point I was probably like a year off. I take it, I've taken the year out. So I was like, oh, I'm going to start night, like not like prep diet yet. But I was like, I need to kind of start going to training and getting diet to the point that I know I'm exactly what I'm eating, how much protein, timing it and optimizing it to my training to mm. get the best performance possible. And so we're talking probably in about May, I went on actual prep diet. I've done seven or eight shows right up to December. I went to Thailand then just to chill because I was like, I need time off. Mm. And um, I think so. I 
think the last show was like on 10th of December or like 5th of December. I landed in Thailand, gone to jungle doing my volunteering job with elephants and Arnold's Invite comes out, which is an amazing achievement itself. Mm. And and I was, I, I was 10 weeks out and then yeah. Arnold came around. So I was on a diet, like a prep diet, pretty much for a year, leading up to Arnold's. By the time Arnold's came around, I was already shattered. Yeah. Like, so tired. Because that was, like, my 10th show in, like, eight months, staying wow. stage lean. And, I mean, I, I, I mean, stage lean, doing show after show after show, trying to get the points for the system. Staying stage lean from September to March, really, within maybe four pounds. Yeah, and right. that that was probably as heavy as I would go, um, and then also that was March, and I took an I was taking the rest of the March off, and then from April to September here we go Olympia. Yeah, so because I remember, like I I think I'd been, I'd done my um I where well, the first year I went to the Olympia was the year just I think that's the year before you that was twenty eighteen, mm. and I did my show. And I didn't even realise, I didn't even contemplate that I would go because at that point for my category, because there's not as many people, it's a, if, you, if, you, if you win, you're in. And that got me to the Olympia. Um, so I kind of, that year, I'd done my show, went to, went to the Olympia and it was all amazing. And then the next year um, is the year that we're uh, talking about 2019, which is... 2019? No, sorry, twenty. This is twenty eighteen. I'm talking about now. Um, that was my nine nine whole months of dieting, and I was the same as you for nine months. I didn't do as many shows, but I stayed. I was like stage lean, constant tracking, constant training. You know, from March until well, probably February until about until the Olympia in mid September, and then I come away from that, and I remember we both got our. We both went to that Arnold's in 2019. Yeah. And I remembered seeing... Because you... I'd seen you'd been doing all your shows. And you... I knew that you were potentially um, getting to the Olympia. And then I saw... I saw you get the Arnold invite. And I knew that we'd both be there. And where I'd... I'd literally had, like, the same as you. I'd done nine months. I then took... I must have took about six weeks off. And then all of a sudden, boom, bang, into the Arnold's. And... Um, I just remember getting to that point and sitting down with you there and I was like, Karina, I'm done. <laughs> like, I'm done. And I remember you saying, um, I've got to get to the Olympia, I've got to do it. And I was like, come on, girl, I was like, you've got one more of this long, like, hard push for you to get through to, you know, get to the, the pinnacle. But I just remember us both being physically and mentally just exhausted <laughs> with... <laughs> with just what we had to do to our bodies yeah 100% I think I feel like I mean I did it and I'm glad I did it yeah in same. a way would I do it ever again absolutely not so, oh, that's that's exactly what I would say 100% agree with you there I mean they they went they did went back to the system you when you're in and I think that was the valid point because we had girls competing 14 15 times in a year to qualify for Olympia mm. and they can say as much as they want that the bikini is not that conditioned and it's not that big as I don't know figure or whatever but to do 15 shows we're talking about flying like you know I, I was 
like even if you sit down and think about it, that's a fifteen weekends in the year that you, you like you have to take off work, mm. fly somewhere, you know, like put your through your stress of like actual competing going on the stage, and I was like, that's mad. It's literally mad. Yeah, I mean, I and and also it's a case of uh, people that are in the states are able to do more shows because that it's all over there um and then you know people just doing more and more shows to try and get points whereas if you turn up on the day and you look the best and you get picked as the best and you're the winner then you know that that's your that should be your ticket to the olympia I, 100% i mean it, like even backtracking i have won my show uh, i think that was like my fourth show in the run that i won um that would have literally mean that I, I would I would have been done. I would compete two months. Well, yeah. I won my show. You know. Instead of winning, done. instead of you winning your show, you had to win, win and place in multiple yeah. shows. Yeah, um, it was just horrendous. <laughs> but honestly, I mean, like, just horrendous. That's <laughs> what I'm gonna leave it. Like also, like you're mentally, like you always. It's never, like, you're never in the green zone, if that makes sense. Like, you're always looking at those, like, I remember, like, just being obsessed with the table of these numbers coming out and just calculating and, like, thinking who can turn up and what shows and, like, what is the place here and get, like, X amount of points. And, like, honestly, like, it's taking away most of the joy of actually making it happen. Oh, yeah, and I mean, well, to, to put it... To the point, bodybuilding is an opinion on different with yeah. different judges, different girls, and different days, and we have to do it because we enjoy it. And if you don't enjoy it, then there's absolutely no point because it's not as though you I can. Never, it's not. I, as, I, I, I wasn't thinking about it this way. I, I in my head, I was like, I have a goal, whatever it takes, I'm just gonna do it. And kind of always been like this. Even like getting my pro cards. I, I've like I've been messed around a little bit, and it's always been like, oh, you have to have British passport now, or you have to win the international show, or you have to go there, and like you have to do this. And mm. I was like, just you know what? I was like, sub it, whatever has to be done, I will do it. Um, and I like once it was done, it was done, and then, um, you know, I started kind of I took like a, I I think I did like two or three pro shows, realized that it's just not what I needed to be. Um, also, like my business was booming at the time, and um, like my father passed away in a very similar timeline, and I was just like, it was just all too much mm. for me to handle. So I was just like, just taking the time off. And by the time I kind of decided to give it a go to see if I could make it to Olympia, this is when the new system was just introduced, and I was just like, well, solid now. Now I have to do it. Like it's <laughs> only. Like, I don't know how to explain that because I don't actually know why I did it. I just had to. Yeah, but Whether, that's because I, I of, know you know, from. you got that, you got to that elite level of sport. This is almost like an ultimate goal. And the thing is, when you have an ultimate goal, absolutely, like, give it your all to get there. But it's almost like you said, it. you had to, there's a lot of things that get compromised along the way. And you know something that i want to want to touch on is how what it what it does to us um physically in terms of um you know having to strip down what happens to our bodies um and then also how it affects us mentally now 
you you need that you obviously to get to an elite level you've got that mindset of I've got this goal I'm going to achieve it um and you know I was the same I was like I am going I'm prove I'm proving myself because I felt like my first Olympia was like almost unexpected and all I wanted to do was then be like I I want to prove that that wasn't a fluke. I want to prove that I can get back there. Because, I, like yourself, I didn't have to win multiple shows like you. I only had to win the one show. Um, and I just was like, I need to prove that I can get back here. And I just remember the same. Although I just felt mentally in exhaust, mentally drained and exhausted, I, I had to go to the Olympia and I had to do my final tick box. I had to go to the Arnold. So that's something that we obviously both have um, in terms of our mindset to be able to push through but I want to talk a little bit about well no, let's the, start from the body damage yeah uh, <laughs> I think I think that realistically we need to um, look at the multiple things here uh, one of the most um, organs in our body that is affected by long-term dieting and um, over-exercising and under-eating is definitely thyroid mm. and you I mean, I yes, if you do a one show, uh, you will probably be absolutely fine. Yeah. Uh, you might, you know, put the weight back on, just, you know, binge a little bit, get over yourself, let's go back to normal. Um, if you're doing it for a prolonged time, I would say, I mean, you're definitely putting your own health at risk, 100%, and doing it with a unexperienced coaches or with um especially an old school bodybuilding coaches that don't really read into uh, female hormonal um like how the female hormonal the, the whole body works yeah like how do we actually um function yeah um you you are risking being able and uh, being unable to bury a child 100 um, percent then another massive elephant in the room is abuse of the drugs um in the bodybuilding that um i mean my friend who is an a and e doctor has seen multiple um cases of people the bodybuilding kind of shows, prepping for the shows of heart attack from abuse of clenbuterol, um, at, like in the mid thirties. Mm. We're talking about people in the mid thirties, and I think like it's definitely loud in in the bodybuilding world, uh, with um, deaths of various you know bodybuilders, and um, especially the last couple of years, it seems to kind of escalated a little bit more, um, hundred percent. But that's like probably like a you know hard. Or um, bodybuilding, we're talking about, mm. and um, and obviously the menstruation. I mean, you, you know, we're talking about young girls going into bodybuilding. Um, really, we're starving our bodies. That's yeah. what we do. That's like, I mean, stripped everything away, all the lights and bikinis and heels and everything else, and you kind of. We kind of starve our bodies over exercising, under eating. Yeah. Um, there's really not much you think about your performance as an athlete. You only look at the aesthetics. Yeah. And um, you know, uh, we that's 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 what kind of bodybuilding is, and the long term effects can be very damaging. And as a 
someone who's been in the Buddha building for a while, I've seen both ends of people, you know, going into one shows, loving it, and then getting really serious about it, then yeah. to, you know, rebound massively, and, and it kind of takes you to the step one again. Yeah. Um, I mean, I and think... I've and I've seen people like even our Miss Olympia now, Issa. Uh, she's an ex anorexia girl uh, with you know, and now she's doing bodybuilding, which I think in a way is very controlled still mm-hmm. amount of the food, which can breed into I think more eating disorders. But at the same time, at some cases, I can see a you know a way for them to control their eating disorders in a way I guess you can put it yeah I mean I think you've summarized that really well um in terms of at the end of the day uh the brutal truth of bodybuilding is that you have to do what you need to to get your to get your just to get your aesthetics in a certain way and that doesn't help health or performance or or mental health and um I think you're right that a lot of girls um or not just girls, but people come away from, they have an eating disorder and then they they get into bodybuilding because they see it as a positive because they're actually looking at fueling themselves and building muscle. 100%, yeah, 100%. I mean, look, um, I mean, you know, the, the, the brutal truth, truth, as you want to say, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't have to be negative in a way. Like, obviously... It can be, you know, it can be both. It can go both ways. Yeah. And realistically, it's very difficult to predict which way it's going to be, because I would never think I'm going to binge on like forty pounds worth of chocolate in the middle of the night in my car, sitting and crying. I wouldn't <laughs> really think this is going to happen to me, but here I was, you know. Yeah. And it's really difficult to predict a behavior of your own body knowing that you starve so badly that this is kind of how your brain works yeah. to make sure you will get any food in you, basically. Yeah, and that's, you know, um, I, I was going to say that uh, some people come away from it by the control, but a lot of people, I would say a very big chunk of people, then end up suffering with obsession or eating disorders because of, have, like, you, like you've just said, you know, doing the multiple shows and and you'll see some people that do it and they love it and they've enjoyed it and others that um you know that you just get stuck in this negative spiral of um like basically binge eating um and that's something that you know you we have to starve our body and we have to do exercise to look good and you know we we are unable to perform very well but what we're doing essentially is we're not giving our body nowhere near enough fuel and what your body does is it will always prioritize movement over like you know functions in your body and that's you know ultimately in both men and women when you're under fueling uh, your hormones both estrogen and testosterone are just they're not going to be released or produced because your body will prioritize the movement of the training um, with any tiny little bit of fuel that it's got. And this is how it leads to thyroid problems, how it leads to women losing their cycle. And, you know, people have suffered, people won't have a cycle for years and years and years. And that is, that is so unhealthy. But in their mind, it's a good thing because it means that they're, 
lean and if they're not having a cycle then they're obviously lean enough nearly to get on on stage um and it's just it's just really not a good a good place to be and in in the same relation with the food like you you starve yourself for so long that when you can then eat you then binge and you overeat and it's just it that that's just like you said there'll be there'll be times where you just be sat there in a ton of food overeating and thinking how the hell did I get in this position yeah I think it's I mean it's a lot of factors altogether like as a sport especially I mean if you even hold on that was gibberish (laughs) basically even 10 years ago you're looking at Olympian winners I mean bodybuilding like the men's bodybuilding and like the bigger classes like female bodybuilders they were always like that a big muscly cut lean everything Mm. that kind of like an edgy like brutal bodybuilding but if we look at Erin that has won Miss uh, figure Olympia 10 years ago yeah I would say bikini athletes now have more muscle loads leaner loads probably another like four five kilos of hair when when she looked you know when she was winning um olympian title yeah she almost looked she looked healthy and that's the thing that nowadays bodybuilding is so extreme like you say 10 years ago the figure class you were muscular but you weren't so ridiculously shredded that you looked emaciated yeah yeah 100 percent. i mean you know what how you look in the progression in the class um, and I think there's definitely some photos um, on the internet you can find. It's um, like a 10 years Olympia winners, and you can see how class progressed. Mm. So thinking about, you know, um, how much the bodybuilding has progressed is mental, really, and introducing classes like bikini and men's physique open up the building uh you know a building of bodybuilding for so many more people yeah it's meant to be a more like achievable look yeah with you know i i always hear one of a couple of head judges in i probably saying it's you know it's for the females that have you know in the way are genetically gifted that i just like working out and you know, it's like an opening class, and I think I've even seen some interview, and um, maybe it was for last year Olympia. One of the head judges said, "You know, you basically trained a little bit, got good genetics. Five six months, you can be on the stage." Whereas I truly believe that could have been a possibility, maybe six years ago. Yeah. Whereas now, unless you have like an insane athlete background, you know that you are already pretty much trained and now you're just refining the look i don't think it's true at all and you can see the progression on each class taking it further and further and further every year um which is which is normal i guess it's bodybuilding it's always gonna kind of evolve around that linish you know shredded look i guess in a way um but for an average person to get there um it's gonna be a while and it's definitely you know a tough journey yeah it's, it's, al- not, it's, it's, it's almost not um how am, I, how am i trying to say this here it's it's almost just become it's 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 pushed and pushed and pushed that it's become more and more extreme and harder and harder and we have to go to more extreme levels in terms of um the 
the rest food restriction and with, uh, you know, a lot of people then use of um, steroids or drugs um, to be able to achieve, a, to even get to a place where you can get to, to get on stage, um, you know, and that is something that you almost now, nowadays, I would say to people, like, just everybody, everybody is is using everybody's doing something to to be able to get to a top level to look like that and it's just it's almost a case of you either do that or or you don't think you you stand a chance and it's it I guess that's something that that's why I never thought I had a chance to start off with in the pro league um and then you know mine mine's mine's different because I actually get marked two-thirds of my routine and the the fact is the Americans didn't always have great routines and I had a good routine so you know my physique n never necessarily got me my points it was all, almost my routine that kind of got me to the, the top of the game but you know it's just a case of having to get leaner and leaner um having to for your class get smaller and smaller for my class be using more and more drugs and it's just it's just become a little bit insane so you know with with regards to all of that um you know we've spoken we've both spoken about our journeys and how we just knew that we had you know we wanted to tick off these final boxes we're professional athletes and we've done it and we've been there done that we know what it takes and how hard it is and the effect that it has on our body but now we are, and I'm correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe we are both retired. Yeah, there's no <laughs> absolutely. I mean, I've seen your post online being like, "Oh, maybe I'm not done with bodybuilding." I thought that's weird because <laughs> I deeply like the, people are I, like I get this question a lot, thinking and people are like, "Are you going to rest? You'll see, you'll miss it." I'm like, no. Like, I'm done, and I'm done in a way that, like, I have to put so much on the line yeah. to get what I got, and I had to sacrifice so much, and especially even now, like, hanging out with my family back in Cambridge, um, which I'm super grateful for, it's awesome, um, made you realize, like, I've no, I actually haven't had a quality time with them. You you like, haven't had a, a life outside of bodybuilding until now. I don't think so. And my sister was like, like you couldn't really have a normal conversation with you, Karina, because, you know, you were either shouting at me for adding olive oil to your salad. And <laughs> she was like, trust me, if I even if I had added, I wouldn't have told you because, <laughs> like, you know. And she's like, and you just you were all it was always on your mind, and you had to do this and you have to do that and. She's like, you are just really edgy all the time. Mm. Um, and, like, I don't think you realise while it's happening um, that's kind of there because that's becoming your... your that's pretty much normal life. Well, that, yeah, that, that is your that is your life. That is your normal life. And, you know, it's the same, like, if I would have told you six months ago, nobody's going to travel this summer 2020. We're all going to, you know, sit at home for fucking four months. You're going to be like, no way. But, I mean, look how quickly we actually adapted. I feel like everyone was struggling with lockdown for mm. the first two months. But, like, now we're on the, like, end of like you know months of four or five and we're kind of just adapting to whatever life throw at us this is the other thing the adaptation of like ability to just adapt to whatever it takes really um to your new normal in a way yeah so 
like suddenly now, you know, to, you know, being two meters apart from everybody in the shop, cool. You know, I don't know, doing most of your shopping, like, okay. You know, like people are just getting on with their lives. And I feel like this is the same with bodybuilding. Once it's happening, you just know to bring your own food and you just know you have to do your cardio. You just know, like, you know what to expect and you just get on with it and you don't really sit down and think about, like, what am I actually doing? Yeah. Um, I mean, how how you say that then, like, you know, as you're saying that, it just relates so much to me. Like, to me, yeah, it just... You don't even think twice, well, I have to do my cardio, I have to take my food, I have to do my training, I have to do this, blah, blah, blah. Like, I can't go out... You know, I wouldn't, and and I think that what you said about spending time with your family, I just realised that I really didn't have a life. Um, you know, like luck, luck, lucky for me, um, you know, I I I mean, I was in a good relationship. Um, well, well, I am in a good relationship, but I was even back then in my last few years of bodybuilding. So like, I always had that special person with me. But with apart from having that, like I. I didn't have a social life. I didn't go out because I I didn't want to face the fact of going out for meals and not being able to eat them. You know, I didn't go out um, drinking. And it wasn't until I really, like, towards the end where it all started getting on top of me. And I just thought, Emma, you don't... There's more to you than just bodybuilding. And there's, you know, it's not until you stop and this kind of weight is removed from you that you actually think there are so many more important things in life like your family like your friends and like your health than you know can't believe I almost did that for for so, so long, long. <laughs> yeah. I don't know I feel like but like this is the other thing that touching on a mental health like bodybuilding is a great way of avoiding any kind of feelings at all. Yeah, because you're a robot. Because you don't actually have time to feel. Like, you might feel hungry, but that's as much as feelings you will get while you're competing, really. Let's be clear here. Mm. Um, so it's a great way, and I feel, I mean, not only bodybuilding, but in general, professional sport, anything that takes up, like, four four hours of your day on top of your eight hours work day and plus cooking and like whatever getting to work so suddenly your day is so filled with things to do mm. you don't actually have to face any kind of thinking about how you feel how to express your feelings and it's a great way to just push everything back and like justify any kind of behavior because you're hungry because you're tired because you've got training there's such a good excuse for everything that could possibly happen in your life mm. i mean don't get me wrong if you if i would invite you for my wedding and you would say fine i can come but i will have my tupperware now i will just tell you to jog on <laughs> yeah you know what you do your boo you want to come for a wedding sit like a sad sod not drink be tired do your cardio yeah instead of thinking have fun then you do you like that's fine and this is yeah yeah but like why don't you do it you like bringing a tupperware of chicken to a wedding yeah i mean and do you know what and uh, the guys listening this is why i knew i had to get karina on to speak about this because i just love the way she just you know she she just says it how it is and you know it's so it's been so good to chat actually because when you say stuff like i can it just almost you just pinpoint and it just makes i relate to it so much um but yeah i'm i'm literally like you know even to the point where i just just i don't know if i'm 
if I think, oh, you know, I need to go and do this training session, but it's all just, it's, it's kind of like weight training where it's not sort of a training I necessarily want to do anymore because I've almost... I associate so much negative feelings about that style of training. Yeah, after Olympia, like even like Olympia was what nine months ago, ten months ago. I feel like resentment towards going to the gym and doing weight training. Like I came off Olympia and I haven't really been to the gym, like doing like a weight training thing. I think right until like the lockdown. Well, yeah, and, like, I, and so I just, I just I don't want to do it, and I don't want it's 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 not that I don't want to have anything to do with it, but you also have to understand like you coming off the show super lean, and I've been you know all I've been thinking about is the way I look for the last five years. All the people have been judging me, you know, on the way I was uh, on the way I looked, and you have to have really thick skin not to get to you that if you do mm. put the weight back on and you're thinking well it is what it is really yeah I like my food as well and um, then your worth as a human being it's not in the way you look yeah you, you... this is a mental fact right here because mm. for the last couple of years all my worth everything that I've done all my achievements been based only on the way I look not what kind of performance I have on produce not kind of what kind of human being I am in general or like none of actual matters life things that are important as a human being yeah all my all my achievements and which is quite a sad thing really if you think about it it's based on the way I look yeah and I I think think with fitness you're a little bit better because you still have routine you have you know skills performance you have little bit more and by the end of the competing when it really did hit me that actually I don't think I'm enjoying it not because I don't like bodybuilding but because I'm worthless here as a human being because I'm only a body cut of like cut of my face off and it can be anyone it doesn't have to be me at all and that kind of realization when it hits you on the end of you know any kind of sport really but it's an awful lot to deal mentally with and coming off competing and now realizing that nobody really gives a shit in normal world whether you're ripped or not. Yeah, they exactly. Don't. I think they and really don't. They're it, like, hey, <laughs> Karina, I will buy it for you because you haven't had one yeah. in a long time, obviously, you know? And yeah. I had a, a um, shift, yeah. I had a lot of lot of <laughs> lot of friends you know do the same and i think you're you're totally right that there's so much you know our self-worth is so much more than just how we look and like you say that's almost like what we've been in throughout our professional uh you know bodybuilding career it's all been on that and you know with with that we've given it our all and it's almost become to a point where like you say we've both got a bit of resentment to you know I'm not gonna diet again I'm not gonna train in that way again like I I almost just have some sort of negative resentment which I think will go over time but um yeah it's it's definitely it's almost like you get to the point where it breaks you and then you just want nothing, you know, you, 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 you're still interested in it. Like you say, you still want, want to do the, you do the coaching. Um, but it's, it's not something that you as a person want, want to do anymore. And I think that I know, for example, I now, I 
never I when I finished I've never tracked well actually tell a lie just a, a quick jump in here I did a show at the end of last year um based on wanting to see what I look how different I look like because I've you, you guys that know me I now train through CrossFit um and so I did a show but I didn't do it nowhere near as extreme as what I'd done before and I literally almost did it to replace all them bad feelings that I had because I wanted I didn't want to end in such a in, in such a negative way but even from doing that show it just it sealed the deal for me that you know this is not what I want anymore and ever since that show I've just I've not tracked a single macro since I only do intuitive eating I learn to listen to my body and I now train for performance um so it's almost like I've just done the complete opposite and it's been it's been a journey but I, I can honestly say that it's it's the best thing I've ever done and I'm the happiest I've I've been in a long 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 time so yeah you know and what, what about I was gonna say I was gonna ask you know what about you I know that you're like you said you haven't done any weight training and um what about you with your nutrition and you do you do lots of yoga don't you <laughs> I mean I feel that one of the most um like the, the life-changing events for me uh was trying to find my feminine energy in general in my life i feel like i've been in a masculine energy which is like planning like strategy like being so strong mm. um which is obviously awarded in our society if you think about any like i don't know businesswoman that's kind of the values you put next to it which is all very deeply sitting in a masculine energy and for me like coping organizing you know that's 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 who i am and it's definitely part of me but i also came to understanding that i like i can do it and be that strong person that's not a problem at all but also i need to find a way to be able to relax and yeah. be able to honor my body and to be able to really listen to like a feminine cycle of hormones in your body and being able to appreciate your body and nurture you know not only your body but people around you and show love and being a really there for people that need you which I mean it's it might like you know, it might not sound like something you would uh, really connect that to the exercise but for me I was so long in like weightlifting being strong training that coming off bodybuilding I knew I need something else yeah. uh, and I knew I need something to honor my body and allow my body to just do their own thing and also to be able to be happy to train again and to be excited to do a bits and bobs that I want to do um, rather than following a structured program that I didn't feel like doing and it was definitely a big shift from going to the weights like weight room and working hard and you know lifting and pushing and pulling and all the movements that you do at the gym to actually uh, doing a lot of more of yoga and like calisthenics and the movements and um, 
just really playing with the movement itself. Yeah. Whether it's on silk or is it on their hula or is it, you know, on this on the yoga harness or is it on the boxes and you kind of upside down, just really connecting to every inch of your like it's almost like you're reconnecting to make your body flow and move within itself like being really aware of where your leg is upside down and instead of focusing on how much you know leg press can I do to you know going back to do a handstands and you know spine um stretches it's about being being kind to yourself and your body basically um of course 100% but also for me big one was reconnecting my whole body as my, like as a whole, not as shoulder like glutes, quads, hamstrings, chest. Yeah, like your whole whole body, like <laughs> your, your, your movement. Able, yeah, the movement itself, and definitely deeply connecting with the core, um, and just allowing myself to do that. And the, after Olympia, obviously, I had you know I gained weight. Um, I was actually quite surprised because I gained it quite gradually, and I think I definitely was probably at my heaviest when I came back from Asia in the end of March uh, because like the last month was super stressful I was basically caught up in between staying in Thailand to Bali and waiting corona there or coming back to my family and being safe at home and it was a very stressful time um so I was definitely snacking snacking a little bit more not really moving that much and it, it was very anxious time in my life for sure so but now once I got like kind of a structure back and I'm very calm about whatever happens in the future I feel mm. I can't really um have much you know um influence but, on whatever's gonna happen like um, like you say you've you've kind of you've re-synced back with your body and your mind and happiness and and that is exactly what you know, I think that's this, the thing that we've we've had in common is it's been so good to see, you know, I see the stuff that you do and all the movements you do. And, you know, you guys, if you head over to uh, Karina's Instagram, I will leave the link um, down below. Um, you know, she also does a lot of, like she's mentioned, uh, calisthenics, I can't say that word for a while, and um, flows and movement patterns. And it's just, I watch it and I just, it's just so nice to see because I know that we're, like, I feel that we're both in such a better place with our with our bodies and we're more relaxed around the aesthetics and how it feels and stuff like that so it's kind of like um that's that's kind of one how I wanted to wrap up on a positive note of what we're doing and how how we're doing it now um and yeah I didn't know if if, if is there anything else that you wanted to mention no absolutely not I feel like each journey is different and of course uh, you know we are super relaxed and enjoying the movement because we also not competing at the professional level yeah. and I feel it's not you know everything that we talk about I think on the one way or another you can really connect to any other sport on the planet competing at the high level yeah. um, and it's on not only the bodybuilding thing of you know sacrifices and diets if you think like ballerinas you know years of practice you know, also certain shape that they have to be as. Uh, but I, I, I think I would generally wrap it up as I don't think you should go into bodybuilding as a super young individual because I truly believe you can change 
mm. a core of your like fundamental core of your actual thinking about your body and breathing to many many problems but also can really harm your early years development yeah definitely um, and i would say the reason i feel like we both were quite strong coming out of it and obviously you have ups and downs 100 is you know you did have quite strong upbringing i believe you've always been quite strong yeah um and you had the core people around you for a very long time whether you know um was your partner or your family and i feel like we weren't like it almost like we didn't go that crazy because the harsher upbringing was pretty much getting us ready but also we were both like what 24 25 going into the sport um i'm a little i was a little bit younger but i never took it um you know i didn't take it to extreme um and i didn't really impact on my health too much until the last kind of like four or five years yeah um, and i you know i think that's probably why so i you know i was probably about that sort of same age but um but yeah so no thank i mean yeah i think again you're absolutely absolutely right that just anyone that does it just needs to be very aware of the health implications um but i will have to wrap this up because my recording is about to switch off because i only have an hour um but um i will finish off by saying thank you so so much it's been so lovely to talk to you and with your all all yours and both mine experiences um so thank you for for coming on and keep keep enjoying um all your movement patterns thank you so much Emma. lovely to speak to you (laughs) thank you all right guys i'm going to wrap this up now so i will speak to you again next week i hope you enjoyed please feel free to give this a share um and let others know if they if you think it could be of interest to them thanks guys